the chapter tonight, and Lord willing, next week, finish the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to pick it up in verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Now, pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest any fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this many have been defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. For who for one morsel of food sold his birthright? For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for tonight. We thank you for those with the children and youth ministry, and Lord, those watching us over the internet who can't be with us and over the radio. Lord, we we pray for your hand upon this nation. We pray for Calvary Chapel, Banger, Maine, Lord, as they bring their cause before the Supreme Court. And Lord, we we ask that we would have favor with men. And Lord, they would see the need that this, what we are doing, is essential and always has been at the founding of our nation. So Lord, strengthen our feeble hands and knees tonight. Speak to us through your spirit and in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the last few months, and I mean literally over the last few months, the writer to the Hebrews has been going through this idea of, hey, Jesus is better, he's better than the priesthood, he's better than everything that had gone before. Remember, this group is under immense pressure to leave uh, the Christian faith that they know and go backwards into Judaism, go back into the self-righteous life that they could work their way to God. And for 12 full chapters, the writer is trying to convince them to knock it off, to, you know, (laughs) trust in Jesus who they have already trusted in for eternal life, trust in him, don't abandon that, and go back into the old system. Tonight he wraps up that thought. Next week we will see in chapter 13, he has different thoughts that he wants them to know, but it's not on the topic that we have been on for 12 chapters. And I want you to hear how he wraps up this thought that he is. But I want to take you to verse 25, because this is kind of the key to this chapter. And it is this, see that you do not refuse him or he who speaks. And God has been speaking to this group of people that have are in the midst of persecution. They are having difficulty. They're getting persecuted from family and friends to come back to the old ways. Come like I know you never get that, right? Come back to the old life. There's the pull to that. And the writer here wants us to know, no, God has been speaking to you 
and through this message. So don't refuse the message. Think about that every time you come to church. (laughs) You listen to a message on the radio and you're like, this isn't for me. It is absolutely for you. Every single message that comes. You know, guys, we have so many different people, so many different groups that come uh, from different uh, types of religious groups or denominations. They come in here. And God is speaking to you in a way that maybe you have never heard before through the Word of God, the verse-by-verse teaching. And again, as we saw last week, we will get to wherever you are in life. And God is wanting to address those things in your life. And the thing that he says tonight as we start out in verse 12 is that it can be done, this life of faith. And the idea is, (laughs) buck up, buckaroo. That's biblical. I mean, you ever got to that place where you're frustrated with another believer and you just go, come on. I've been talking to you this for six months. We've been doing this hamster wheel with you for six months. Get it together. And he's going to say, you really want to go back to the mountain? You want to go back to Sinai where everyone freaked out when they heard the voice of God? You want to go back to the former things? Or do you want to stay in the shadow of the wing of Jesus? And so, from last week as a reminder, he was talking about how God chastens those he loves, his children. And so now he says, therefore, straighten up. Strengthen the hands which hang down. Don't be so downcast. I know that you're in the midst of persecution, but let's get it together because what we have now in Jesus is way better than anything that was in the Old Testament. Amen? So, he says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down. Maybe tonight you're here and your hands are down. Not only that, is that you, you, well, I mean, looking at the crowd, we've got maybe some feeble needs. And the idea is that you, you've just kind of collapsed, right? You ever been at that place in your walk? I know none of you, right? It's all Sunday morning, second service people. No, we, we all have got to that place where we're just like, Lord, really, this is what I signed up for? He goes, yeah. What did they do to my son? Okay, right? And it helps us have some perspective, and that's, that's what the writer is trying to do with us. Now, he says, and make straight path your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated. Listen, don't make it hard on yourself to walk this walk. Not only that, is help others who are on that same path as well. Listen, can I give you, is it Pastor Ron, a free tip? Stop making it hard for other believers to worship God. Help them in their path. Don't put a stumbling block there. <laughs> he says, make path straight. You know, oftentimes, they, that king that would come into the, the area, they would, you know, they would uh, make the, the, the roads better. They would fill in all the potholes. Guys, I, I wish a couple of presidents would show up around here. And they would make everything right, right and get everything cleaned up and painted and make it look good for the king. And he tells us to make our paths straight. 
so that what is lame are those who we are helping along are those who may not be in the same place that we are in in our walk. Notice that they might be healed. Now, he says, pursue peace. Now, I, I wish that it said this. Pursue peace with some people. Do you have a different version? <laughs> what do you mean all people? Yeah, all people. If you've got a problem with somebody or they've got a problem with you, you need to pursue peace. You need to be the peacemaker. I know we don't like that. Jesus calls us to be. By the way, who likes to be the peacemaker? Right? You, you go out of your way to get yelled at. That's not fun. But this is what God is calling us to do. He is calling us to do the hard things. If it was easy, everybody would be a believer, wouldn't they? And so he tells us to pursue peace with all people. Notice, and holiness. And that word holiness just simply means a set-apart life. Now listen to what he says. He says, having a set-apart life without which no one will see the Lord. If we are corrupted by the world and the things of the world on a constant, ongoing basis, then we are not living a separate life, a set-apart life, not only to God, but away from the things and the influences of the world. Yes, we live here on planet Earth, (laughs) right? And we are bombarded with everything, but you don't have to let it pollute you. You don't have to let the world and its influences direct you. He says, lest there be, oh, I I jumped a verse, looking carefully, lest any fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many have been defiled, and lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. So there's three less here. He, these are warnings to us. Listen to these warnings. Number one, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Now what does that mean? That means he's pointing them back to what they used to live in and do, which was, it was not by the grace of God that I was saved. It was by my works. So listen, he says to those who have been saved for a while, we can get into this and we can fall into this. Well, I just do it in my own strength. I mean, God's going to have to love me more for what I'm doing, right? He goes, don't don't get yourself into that, that cycle where you can fall short of the grace of God. Remember, it is the grace of God that saves us, not by anything that we do, not by our own merits. And then he says, I know no, this applies to no one, so we'll just go really quickly right over it. Lest there be any bitterness. You know how damaging bitterness is? People hold on to bitterness their entire life. Even at their end of their life, they're still bitter. Can I, can I help everyone in the room today? Listen, I, I want you to do this. This is going to be a fun exercise. Ready? Knock it off. Well, you don't know what they did. Listen, stop saying that. Do you know what you did to to Christ? Do you know what you've done against God? I don't care what they've done. It is a quality of life issue. Forgive, 
doesn't mean you have to forget. Just forgive. Don't let that root, look, go down deep. Why? Springing up, it causes trouble. Um, Have you ever taken a tree out of your yard and then, I don't know, three years later, the shoot comes out? You didn't get everything out. It comes up. Springing forth. We think we get all the bitterness out of it, and then that person sends us a note or a message or a blog or a whatever, a, I don't know, whatever it is, and you take it the wrong way. None of you ever take it. I'm sp- Again, I'm talking to people on the radio. The, you people on the radio, wow, you're a bunch of sinners. No one in here. And then out of the blue, it starts to suck the life out of you, that bitterness. Because it has never been dug deep and out. Repent, Lord, I am sorry that I have sinned a sin of bitterness. That's my, that's my fault. That's your fault. That's on us. Repent of that, Lord. I give it to you tonight. Can I not deal with that again? Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. Notice it says, and by this many have been defiled. That means put on the shelf. They can't be used by God anymore until that is dealt with. I don't know who this is for. Maybe this is you tonight. You feel like, uh, I just feel distant from God. I feel like God's not using me. Do you have a root of bitterness? Is there somebody right now that you are immediately thinking of when I said bitterness? You're like, yeah, wait, I can't say that that loud. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that person. Then you have an issue. God wants to use you. He has a purpose for your life, but he can't work through bitterness. He can't work through Mara, Ruth's mother-in-law. So, whatever it is tonight, before you leave, ask the Lord to remove it. Repent of it and just be, just, Lord, take it, take it far from me. Pull that sucker out. Hear the Holy Spirit pull the chainsaw out and get her done. Now, the next thing, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. Now, this is interesting because this is a little glimpse into a little bit more of Esau. Apparently, he was a fornicator, and and the idea was that he had foreign women, but it was more than that. It says that he was a profane person. He, He didn't see the things of God as important to him. And what was Uh, What was his most important thing? He was the firstborn. And so we see here in a minute that he sold his birthright for food. He says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing... He was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Now, 
He doesn't receive the birthright, but he does receive a blessing from his father. It's not the birthright because that was given to his brother, Jacob, (laughs) heel catcher. But he did get a blessing. It just wasn't the birthright blessing. Listen, uh, how is this applying to this group? They are wanting to sell what they have in Christ to go back to the old system. And he says, don't do that. Because that's what Esau did. And at the end of it, it wound up with tears. And you too will be in that same place. Now he gives them examples once again. It's kind of like uh, he's, you know, he's like Popeye. I, I can't stands it anymore, right? I've had it all. And I'm just going to bring the hammer down in the next chapter. I'm going to be loving and gentle. But this is the last. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, Hebrews. And look what he does. He takes them back to Exodus. And he says, this is what you really want to do? You want to go back to the mountain? Because let me tell you what the mountain was all about. (laughs) For you have not come to the mountain that may may be touched or that was burned with fire and to the blackness and the darkness of the tempest and the sound of the trumpet was like the voice of the of words so that those who heard it begged <laughs> that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touched the mountain it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow Not only that, verse 21, it was so terrifying even in the sight of Moses. And Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So the writer takes him back and he goes, okay, listen, we've got Jesus. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We don't have a sacrificial system anymore. We don't have to go back to the mountain, which was frightening. Why would we want to go back to that? And notice how he describes the mountain. That you would come to the mountain that may be touched. He says, listen, God told them you can't go around the mountain. They put up little cones around, you know, caution tape all around. And then no one can come near it, touch it, or they will be burned, or an animal will get to it. Notice it says, burned with fire, so to the blackness and the darkness of the tempest. Listen, uh, Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments got nothing on what actually happened on that day. It frightened two million people so much that they said, we don't ever want to hear that again, Moses. And yet this group, these Hebrews, they want to go back to that system. And the writer says, listen, verse 19 The sound of the trumpet alone and the voice of the words were so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It so terrified them. This this isn't even the, 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 the Lamb of God. This is Jesus. This is the lion that is roaring from this mountain. And it You want to go back to that? You want to go back to a terrified existence with God that you can't even go into his presence? Remember, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies but once a year. 
But now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Why would you trade going to God anytime you want to going to God never? And then hearing what we heard or what they heard back then. Notice, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. Verse 21, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. If it freaked Mo out, did not Moses speak to God at the burning bush? Yes. Take off your shoes, Moses, for where you stand is holy ground. He had this conversation with the Lord. But this is after, this is after they come out of Egypt and now they are camped under the holy mountain. And whatever happened on that day, not only frightened the children of Israel, but Moses said, man, I have a newfound fear and appreciation for the Almighty God. It even rocked his world. The writer says, if it rocked Moses, why do you want to go back and do that again? He continues, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels. He goes, we're not worshiping at that mountain. Where are we worshiping? Mount Zion. Now, this is a spiritual Mount Zion, but it also is where Christ was crucified. That's what we worship. We worship Jesus. And we have come to Mount Zion. Notice the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And then notice all of the angels around. He says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of men, just men made perfect. So, We've got the assembly of the Jews out in the wilderness. (laughs) They're terrified. They don't want to hear from God anymore. Now he fast forwards to Jesus and what Christ has done, the grace of God for us upon the cross. And now he says, "You you are now the second assembly. You are now the assembly of the church. Notice, everybody is a firstborn son. What does that mean? What did Esau give away? his birthright, his inheritance, to inherit what the father would give to the son. Now, everybody is a firstborn son or daughter of the Most High God. Let me let you just ponder that. I'm not sure that that the church fully understands what we got. And they did not understand that either. What we have in Christ, what our standing is in Christ. Not only are we ambassadors for Christ, we're the king's kids. Why would God allow his kids to get beat up like that? He will and does look down and protect us. Notice he goes on and he says, who is registered in heaven. Now, this is no DMV line. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When we get to that section in Revelation, you're going to see that those whose name is not 
written in the Lamb's Book of Life goes to eternal separation into hell for all eternity. I don't know about you, but this is, this is a verse that um, is very comforting that we are registered in heaven to God, notice the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made mature. God is the judge of all. Listen, we, we live in a world that we see a lot of injustice. And I don't mean from governments or people. I, I'm talking about nations against nations. Um, just a lot of evil that is promoted by those nations. The passing of laws by nations promoting evil. It, it is disturbing. I, I've been uh, pretty excited over the last couple of weeks not talking a lot about politics. And um, it is disturbing how fast and what they're doing in Washington to just promote evil and then uh, punish the good. You and I, verse 23, we don't have to worry about that because God is the judge of all. He says in verse 24, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks of better things than that of Abel. Remember, he started in chapter 11 of the heroes of faith speaking about Cain and Abel. Remember that? And that Abel brought the proper sacrifice, one shed with blood. And he says, but our Jesus is the go-between, that's the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of the sprinkling that speaks of better things and that is of Abel. In verse 25, he says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him, who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. So, um, let's have a little reminder. Let's go back into chapter 1. It was a little too quiet there, so we need some Bible rustling. Hebrews 1, verse 1. God at various times and in various ways, spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the world who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right, the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, notice verse 2, that in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. So this is how God is communicating with us. Let's turn back now to chapter 12. Verse 
And so, in verse 25 again, see that you do not refuse he who speaks. So, he is speaking is who? Jesus. Don't refuse the lamb who died on the cross for you. Why would you reject that and go back again to the priest system? For they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth. How how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? So if we reject Jesus after tasting that, how much more punishment will it be upon us than upon those who rejected him? Again, think about that group of religious leaders who had God's word, who knew Daniel's prophecies, and yet rejected Messiah outright. And so if they are going to be judged, we too who walk away from the Lamb. Notice, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. This is future. This is coming. When we get to Revelation, we're going to see the entire globe have an earthquake. I'm from the West Coast. I'm used to them. I won't be here. Neither will the church. But if you've never been through an earthquake, and I'm speaking to just anybody out there in radio land, and you're not saved, you're going to go through one. And it's going to be an entire global shaking. Everything that will be shaken will be loosened. There will not be anything that man will be able to hold on to and say, just like the disciples, Lord, look at the temple. Look how great it is. And he goes, oy vey. In 70 years, it's going to be rubble. Not one stone left upon another. You see, man looks at these great accomplishments and God says, Yeah, that's great, but it's just stone. And man is going to look at the world that man has built and say, look how good we are. By the way, and I don't want to blow anybody's mind. I was just sitting in the back, and I was thinking, I'm amazed at electricity. Anybody else? That we even, oh, you're, well, then turn it off at your house if you're not amazed by it. Go a whole week. You're like, hurricane season's coming. Listen, I, I'm amazed that God even allowed man to got, get to the place of creating the motors to make it and the mind that went into making it so that we are 100 years after that and we are benefiting from air conditioning. Thank you, Mr. Carrier. Right? These, we live in amazing days. I was watching a... A movie about Noah, and I, he was working on something by an oil lamp. He had no power tools to build that ark. No wonder why it took him over 100 years. Take him a month to do one log, and he got the whole boat to do. Guys, we live in an amazing time. Electricity, all of the, the internet and information at our fingertips, and yet we're dumber than ever. (laughs) Not you, somebody else. (laughs) He says, listen, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promising yet once more again, I will shake the earth and also heaven. 
Now this yet once more indicates the removal of the things which are being shaken as the things that are made that these things which cannot be shaken will remain. Those things in which are resolute, we don't use that word anymore, that's an old-timey word, resolute. Those people who are firm in God, who have made a decision for Him, you're not going to be shaken, but everything else is going to be shaken. Everything that people hold dear. What will it be like when a a meteor is coming into the atmosphere in the tribulation and it breaks up and it pollutes one-fourth of the water? And then half of the sea turns to blood and the ships are destroyed and commerce is destroyed and the sun is blocked. I mean, all of the cosmic things that we're about to read in Revelation, we're not here, but what will they do? Yet once more, he says, yet once more. Again, not to go back to Noah, but God promised Noah that he would not destroy the earth with a flood. And he said, Noah, I give you this rainbow. That rainbow's ours. I'm going to take it back. There was a sign and a promise to Noah, I will not destroy this world with a flood. The next time's going to be with fire and shaking. And everything that will melt, it will melt away with a fervent heat. It, let, let me help you. If anyone is still into their stuff and things, I want you to know tonight, I want to be real loving, it, it's all going to burn. Everything that you're shining up and polishing right now, gone. It's all going to burn. That doesn't mean you don't take care of your stuff. It's important to be a good steward. Yes, mow your lawn for your neighbors and for your HOA. I'm going to get to that in a sermon someday. (laughs) But to have that knowledge like Abraham, remember, that's what he's been talking about. That's what we've been talking about all through COVID is to have the heart of Abraham, that I'm a pilgrim and a sojourner here. I don't put deep roots in, and I have a proper perspective, which means it's all going to burn, and it's going to burn when I'm not even here, which is great. Therefore, since, verse 28, we are receiving a kingdom, don't you love this, which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and with godly fear. Listen, if what we have is our faith in God, it will never be shaken. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He told the Father, whom you give me, I will no way lose. So if our faith is resolute in this Messiah that we have chosen to follow, and if it says that his kingdom cannot be shaken, notice, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God. Guys, if we believe that this world is coming to an end and that Jesus is nigh, right? He, he's at the very door. By the way, I was thinking about, I was listening to a pastor on the radio and he was saying, and we'll get to this in, in Revelation, when 
you know, when things, <laughs> when they're not looking for Jesus, that's when Jesus is coming. That's why I kind of think like COVID was, where's Jesus? But I don't think he was coming during that time because we're all looking for it. Listen, it's when we go back to normal, whatever Lord knows, whatever that means. But when we go back to a semi-normal life, then people get back to their life and they stop relying upon my daily bread from the Lord and praying, Lord, thank you for taking me through the COVID and get, taking me through all of this. Then that's when he comes. We, we need to be always on the ready. But knowing that, I serve God with reverence and with godly fear. I still serve him until we're gone, to occupy until I come. Guys, if you're excited that somebody that you're going to heaven, why not help somebody else get there too? Lastly, why do I do all of that? For our God is a consuming fire. Which means it will all be consumed. He will consume those who reject him and reject that message. He will consume whole governments and all this man-based dumbness that's out there. He, he, ju- just the word of Jesus, when he comes back uh, and puts his foot on the Mount of Olives, it says a sword comes out of his mouth, and with one word he tells them, I don't know what the word is. Is it go? You're gone? Bye? Whatever it is, they all are gone at that moment. If God has that kind of power... If our God is a consuming fire, then why in the world, the writer says, would we go back to the mountain when we've got the lamb right here? Well, read ahead next week. We'll probably skip verse 1, which is let brotherly love continue. (laughs) I love chapter 13. It's one of my favorite chapters. I know. I know. Don't say it in all the Bible. I know. But it is, it's a great chapter because he's got all of these like one-point staccato ideas that he wants to communicate to these Christians, again, who are debating and going back into the old system. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the writer of the Hebrews. And thank you for these believers, Lord, that did endure and did not walk away. And I pray for those tonight, Lord, who have a root of bitterness in their heart. And that, Lord, that would be pulled up. It would be yanked up by your Holy Spirit. That they would confess that to you tonight. And, Lord, no longer have that bitterness, that resentment. Thank you, Lord, that you are a consuming fire. That you are our God. And that your grace poured upon us through your Son upon the cross, allows us to escape all which is coming to this world. To those who would reject and mock. So Lord, thank you for the bride of Christ. Lord, let us live peaceably with all men. Give us the strength to live that out through your Spirit. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen.